Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 900, air date March 15th, 2021. Good afternoon, everyone. It's good to have everyone. I, uh, we're going to wait until people uh, come in. It's 2.36. We're going to be doing a um, recap. Essentially, I'm going to redo a visualization about why the healthcare system, why the cost is so high in the healthcare system and why the quality sucks. Now I did a, a diagram about a couple of years ago. I did one about a couple of weeks ago, but um, people shared with me that the transmission was a little bit poor. So I decided I'm gonna do it again. And in fact, I've come up with a simpler version of the diagram. So, so the, again, the talk is the healthcare system, why the cost, is high and why the quality sucks. And we're going to do a systems analysis. So we have people logging in Texas. We're also on Instagram here. Make sure people are okay there. Good. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I hope people enjoy this. And if you have a pen and a paper, and even if you have a napkin, you can draw this because sometimes when you draw stuff, you actually learn stuff even more. Right. So you, you could have a pen and paper. You could be on PowerPoint. I'm going to use this tool that I just got which allows me to draw. So I'll show it to you. So I have this tool here. Let me show you here. Let me go here so I can share with you this. So you see, I have this tool that I can share here that I can draw, okay? So we're gonna use that tool so I can share with you and I'll come back and forth. But we're literally gonna understand, we're gonna do three diagrams. The first diagram is going to be how healthcare used to be, really sort of before the 1970s, before uh, what happened was we had the uh, beginning of the end of really health and care, which was when big pharma, insurance companies, big insurance companies, big hospitals, and you're gonna learn about two organizations called GPOs and PBMs came into the picture to literally control the supply of medicines as well as care in hospitals. And because of that, healthcare costs went up and up and up. And the insurance companies wanted the healthcare costs to go up. So we're going to look at how it was before in, in, in the simpler days, then how it became where healthcare costs became high and the quality got horrible. And then what it should be and what it can become where we can actually lower healthcare costs and get better care. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, all right. So let's begin. So let's go back and first of all, look at uh, how healthcare was, okay? In the, in the good old days, all right? So let me just go over to that and I'm gonna draw it over here. Assume everyone on, okay, good, everyone's good on. So let's look at the simple case and I'm gonna use, you know, let's use the black pen over here. All right, so imagine in the one model was here is you. And this was when things were good, okay? You were happy. And here, there were two institutions, sometimes three people dealt with. So over here was the pharmacy where you got medicines from. Over here was, put the doctor over here. And then, and by the way, you used to pay the doctor right here. You paid him money. And this was literally out of pocket. 
And you can talk to most people. This is, you know, pre, pre, you know, even, you know, 1970, okay? Okay, it's pre-1970. So you paid the doctor out of pocket. Let's go back here. So this is out of pocket. Or you paid the doctor out of pocket. And this is, let's say, you know, definitely before 1970. For example, I used to pay my doctor right here, you know, when I used to see him rarely, you know, I rarely go to doctors. I used to pay him about 15, 25 bucks, you know, it's for an office visit, all right? So that was essentially your out-of-pocket expense that you'd pay the doctor, all right? So this was about, you know, you paid about 15 bucks to 25 bucks, okay? And 80, 90% of the time, this was done through the family practice guy right here, okay? And then if he needed to refer you to here, you know, he'd write a script for you, which was your prescription, you would pay here and you get your medicine given to you, okay? Once in a while, rare occasions, the doctor may refer you to a hospital. Let's say there was some something that you needed to do. You know, you go to the hospital here. This was a hospital. All right? And in this case, with the hospital, by the way, you got care from the doctor coming back. This was done maybe, you know, 10% of the time. And most of the doctors, the doctor that referred you actually worked at the hospital, okay? So this doctor worked at hospital. So you had this personal touch. So first of all, it was low cost. It was very personal. And it was local, okay? Those are the three attributes of the system. Very, very simple uh, model here, all right? So I hope everyone can see that. And let me come back over here. So this was a very simple approach when life was simple. Uh, all right, so that's what you see. All right, very simple model. And again, the features of this system that we need to take away were you had a direct relationship with your doctor. 90% of the stuff was handled by your family practice doctor. And there were a lot of people who went into medicine for the right reasons. They really wanted to be a family practitioner. They didn't want to be specialists. But 80 to 90% of your stuff was done by your family practitioner. He knew you. He may know your family. He may have come to your home, right, to treat people. And in the cases where he referred you to the hospital, he actually more than likely worked at that hospital. So you had some connection. You weren't just thrown into some world where you didn't even know who people were. There was no, um, it, it was very personalized. And, uh, you know, he would recommend medicines and you would go to your local pharmacy and get it, okay? So this is what medicine was like, okay? So this is, let me just put this here. This was what it was like. And I'm not saying this was perfect, but it was a very simple model, okay? This is the way things were. Okay, let me bring this back. How it was. I'm going to put pre-1970. All right. All right. Let me just save that.
Let's call that save. All right. Now I'm going to clear that. So if you if you have that, if you've drawn it out, now let's look at what it became. Let's clear this. Okay. Now we're going to look at what the healthcare system be, uh, became. And we're going to see here is that many, many layers were added. That's the first thing you're going to see. Layer upon layer upon layer was added. And I'm going to share with you the big pieces. Because if you actually see the big Obamacare diagram, it is so complex. Everyone is involved in there. But I'm going to show you from a system standpoint, the two key players, which are really boosted up the cost of healthcare. And I want to thank two of my friends, uh, Drs. Vinay and Venu Julapali. They're the ones who introduced me to this. And uh, they're doing some very cool stuff to try to create a better healthcare system down in Texas. But they're the ones who opened my eyes because what didn't make sense to me was, well, don't the insurance companies want to keep costs low? And the big aha moment I had was realizing that the insurance companies are actually incentivized to keep costs high. So you get afraid, oh my God, God forbid something happens to me, I'm, I need insurance. They want you like a drug addict to keep paying themselves the high premiums or insurance. They want you not to ever take care of your own health, responsibility, prevention. They want you to focus on the aspect of medicine, which is where you're just paying them insurance. Premiums go up a little bit. You keep um, getting addicted to that because of the high cost of healthcare. Oh my God, if that happened to me, I'm gonna have to pay $30,000, you know, $2,000 from MRI. Yes, let me sign up for insurance. I'm willing to take the hit. So you'll, you're gonna find out the health insurance companies, so I'm giving you sort of the punchline, want the cost high. They do not want it low, okay? So let's look at that. Why is that so? And um, let's look at that here, okay? So let me go back here. Let's see what happened here. Okay, so we're gonna go back to the same person over here. Here's you. This is, first of all, this is today. Today, uh, we're in 2021, okay? So what's going on here? Well, in the current model, if you're there, there is a entity right here Let's call this insurance. This is the insurance company. Let's call it the health insurance company, right? And it could be even the state involved in this. You give these people your money and they are supposed to provide you in this model health coverage. Okay, that's what's supposed to happen. But watch what occurs. The health insurance companies have done something fascinating. And by the way, let's go back here. We know over here, you still have the same set of people. Here's your, your, let me just actually redo this here. Here's your, your pharmacy, where you used to get healthcare, right? Here's still, let's say your doctor over here, but you're gonna find out your doctor now is become more diminished, okay? Here's your doctor in it where he used to be. This is your doctor. 
the family practitioner. Hopefully everyone can see this, right? Yeah. Okay, but look what's happened. What's happened in between you and the health insurance company, there are many, many different entities. So first of all, let's assume over here is the pharmaceutical company. This is your medicine, your manufacturers of drugs. And these include biotech companies. This could include pharma companies, big pharma. Okay, they're over here. And what happens is the health insurance companies have struck a deal with some very interesting people, okay? And one of the entities you're gonna realize is, a, is an organization here, which you may have heard of called, which I did before, but I'm gonna make it clear, GP, I'm sorry, it's not GPOs here. These are called pharmacy PBMs, pharmacy uh, uh, benefit managers, pharmacy benefit managers. These people control the supply of drugs into the RX, and we'll see that. Similarly, what's happened is the hospitals have become much bigger, okay? Here's the hospitals. Actually, what I'm gonna do is keep it the same color so we can see. I'm gonna keep this color here. So here are your hospitals. And one of the interesting things here is you have to understand the doctors over here, in order to become a doctor, you know, you start off wanting to be a doctor. So you have to go to undergraduate, right? First people go to undergraduate here. They get their bachelor's. Then they go over here. Then they have to go to medical school. So they get their MD. So by the time the doctor comes here, they've gone through this process. And now they're trying to do their own family practice, right? This is their family practice. Well, now with all the regulations, with all the regulations, many doctors, most of these doctors cannot sustain being a family practitioner. So you have a huge bunch of doctors working at hospitals, okay? So this business is dying. This business is going up, right? These guys are going up and the number of family practitioners are coming down, all right? So this is something interesting to understand that you have more and more of these doctors going over here. So you have this whole brain drain of doctors working at hospitals. Why is that the case? The reason this is the case, I wanna remind everyone is because these doctors, you know, they want go to undergraduate school, right? Then they have you know a couple hundred thousand loans. Then they go to MDs. They probably have another couple hundred thousand. So they have about a half a million dollar loan. With all the regulations now, even someone who's a well-meaning doctor, for them, it's very difficult for them to sustain their own small practice. They have to have at least two administrators. They have to hire, I mean, they have to hire more people to keep up with the regular re regulations and their paperwork. They have to get a huge medical insurance uh, policy, right? So they have massive regulations on them. So many of them, even though they wanted to have a direct relationship, they can't do that. They have to go join a big hospital. The other thing to remember is the insurance companies, I wanna bring this out here in this diagram, the insurance companies put massive 
regulations, more and more regulations on these doctors. So the doctor, for example, is limited in what they can do with the patient. So the insurance company, for example, um, will impose on the doctor, you know, they'll tell them, they put regulations, So the doctor, for example, can only see a patient for 15 minutes, okay? So they can only see patient C for 15 minutes. Very regulated, right? They're limited FaceTime. All right, so because of the insurance companies getting involved at such a level, the the doctor is unable to even look at the patient. If you go to a doctor, I, I had to do many years ago because I had a knee thing I was looking at. The doctor's typing away on the computer because he's got to fill out all these forms. I don't think he even looked at me in the face. He didn't even, uh, you know, he touched the knee a little bit. But most of what he did was just type, be typing and stuff if you've noticed this, okay? So, so uh, this is the phenomenon that you have going on here. The, the the doctors are imposed by the medical establishment where they can't even talk to the patient. Now, so, so more and more, you have more and more doctors working in hospitals here. So you have more and more family practitioners here. And what's also happened is, let me show you the other entity here. There's another group here that's come between called, you may know these called GPOs. Okay, so on the pharmacy benefit managers, these guys are controlling the flow of every drug into the RX. So they are controlling so the flow. And this is being done through another group called distributors. So distributors. And similarly, and I'll explain this with GPOs, the GPOs control the flow over here, we have, these are people who are make the equipment. Equipment. Uh, makers, you know, for the hospital. So the, the GPOs control a flow of all of this into the hospital, okay? And these guys, through this process, Money is flowing here to the PBMs. Money is flowing here to the GPOs, all right? So when you look at this, so what am I talking about here, okay? What you're looking at here is the PBMs, to be clear, the pharmacy benefit managers, which are over here, the PBMs are pharmacy benefit managers. Over here, you have the drug companies. Every drug, every drug cannot get to the pharmacy without these middlemen called pharmacy benefit managers. Pharmacy benefit managers are central. So if you, let's say, are a biotech, right? You're an innovative biotech or and you have a cool product. You can even have a nutritional product which has gone through, let's say, FDA approval. And you want to get that product into every CVS. You want to get it into every Walgreens. You want to help people. Well, as a manufacturer, you're not going to be able to get it into the hands of any of those retailers. You have to find a pharmacy PBM, pharmacy benefit manager, 
who has the relationships with the distributors and the distributors have the relationship with the retailers. So what this means is that if you go back to this diagram, the, the pharmacy benefit managers right here are controlling, right here, they're controlling the entire supply here. So the supply here of all these drugs and they, they get a big piece of the action here for doing this, okay? Let me put this here. So a lot of the money flow is here. For every drug that goes through, the big pharma guys have to go through the PBMs and the distributors to get that drug to you. This is why the cost of an aspirin, so here's an aspirin, right? Which should be around five cents, you know, is selling for $50 in the emergency room. We'll talk about this, okay? Because of these two layers of middlemen. So again, it's not the, yes, the pharma guys are have their own incentives, but the PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, and the distributors who they control, by the way, the PBMs have, they own nothing. They don't own any assets. All they own is the relationships. They're like lobbyists. They're like wheelers and dealers. They own nothing. They just own contracts, okay? That's what they own. All right, now, the other side I wanna talk about is over here, you see the GPOs. So let's go to the GPOs. The GPOs, so consider, for example, there's a stapler, okay? Guy makes a stapler. For the stapler to get in to the hospital, it has to go through a GPO. And what are these GPOs? Okay, so again, for everything, they get dollars coming in here, right? So all the money here and the transactions here are going through the GPO. So if you go to a hospital, if you go into a hospital and you look at, so for example, this could be, let me just go here. This could be a stapler coming in, okay? This could be insulin. This could be a catheter. But here, over here, you're looking at, you know, Lipitor, right? A drug, um, you know, uh, Advil, okay? Everything is going through these PBMs, okay? So who are GPOs? Who are GPOs? Well, in the 1970s, this is why I put that date up there. In the 1970s, prior to 19, around the 1970s, imagine all of you listening. We have quite a number of people listening. Okay, all of you listening here, imagine all of you guys were, uh, were heads of hospitals. Let's say all of you guys owned a hospital. And let's say all of you guys were buying a stapler, okay? for your hospital, okay, and you were paying 20 bucks for that, I'm gonna make a number, 20 bucks for that stapler. All right, if all of you guys are spending 20 bucks for a stapler and there's, let's say about 500 of you, you're spending 20 bucks times 500, about $10,000 just for a stapler. So what they did was they went and found people called a group purchaser. They said, hey, why don't we all get together, all 500 of us, and let's go find Bob. Find some guy, Bob, and you said, hey, Bob, we're going to pay you just a salary. Go find us the best staple manufacturer. So we got all benefits. So what Bob did is he went to a, a staple manufacturer. He goes, look, I have people who are, yeah, I have 500 staple orders. Don't give it to me for 20. So what they did was they got the staple order. Instead of 20 bucks, they got it for maybe 10 bucks. Okay. So the group purchaser went back to all of you and he said, hey, look, 
you don't have to, uh, Amy, Amy's there or Gwendolyn or Matthew. He said, hey, look, Matthew, you don't have to pay 20 bucks for a stapler, pay 10 bucks. Great. So it was a group purchaser who purchased and maybe you paid him a very small commission or you just paid him a salary. Things were good. You as a hospital administrator, you, you bought that stapler 10 bucks. The group purchaser made a little bit of money and the end vendor got a big sale. He didn't get one sale, he got 500 sales. Good for everyone. Well, you could buy catheters that way, insulin. So over time, by the mid nineties, these GPOs, they were individually helping hospitals. They started consolidating. So you, So today there's only three major GPOs, group purchasers. These guys today control the flow of these guys today, and my puppies who just came in, these guys today control the flow of all sorts of products. Let me go back to this uh, diagram here. So the flow right here, the flow of everything, every equipment coming into a hospital, okay, is controlled by three GPOs. Three GPOs, one, two, three, control the flow of all the equipment coming through a hospitals. And what's happened is these GPOs now, that stapler, you know, they don't give it to you for 10 bucks. They maybe give it to you for $18. And then they, starting in, in 1990 and 2000, the GPOs of the right, you as the administrator of the hospital, you get a little kickback. So you keep your mouth shut, you're getting a little kickback. The price of that stapler, which should only be 10 bucks, is now gone up by you know uh, 80%, it's 18 bucks, all right? And the ability for the GPOs to give those kickbacks, which is legalized corruption, was done uh, through a Safe Harbor Act in 2000. Same on the PBM side. By the way, just to let you know, there are today, three PBMs over here, okay? This is also consolidated. And guess what? The major insurance companies, guess what they're doing? The insurance companies, the three major insurance companies over here are consolidating. They're each buying a GPO and a PBM like this, like this, and like this, like this, okay? So you have total consolidation that is taking place right now. So what we have is, the entire, this entire area here is being consolidated. All right. So you have total consolidation of the healthcare companies, PBMs and GPOs. That's what's going on. All right. And what's important to remember in this is that in this entire exercise, what we have going on is that the cost of healthcare is going high. Just to give you an idea, what you see right here is this entire infrastructure right here, this entire middleware right here is costing the people an additional $500 billion, okay? All right, hope everyone can see that. That layering is costing a half a billion dollars. And what's happening is over on the right here, doctors right here, as I mentioned, are not going into family practice. So now what's happening is 
80% of all the stuff is going here to the hospitals. And this is only around 20%. Okay, we flipped the model. So what this means is that people are going to get their health care at a much higher rate. They're not going to their family practitioners. They're going to the big hospitals. All right. They're not going to the family practitioners. They're going to the big hospitals more and more and more. Okay. Which means a simple, small uh, procedure is going to go up in price. I'll give you an example. One of my friends, he works at a hospital. He's a, he's a family practitioner. He works at a hospital, still one of the old guys, and someone needed a procedure done. He goes, look, and, and he was flying in from another city. He goes, look, just go rent for, you know, uh, 80 bucks, a small hotel, come into the hospital. I'll do the procedure on you inpatient. And so that therefore you don't have to check into the hospital. The insurance company, listen to me, the insurance company said, uh-uh, you can't do that. They forced this guy, the doctor, to have his patient check into the hospital. The procedure, which would have been about 2,000 bucks, went up to $30,000 for the hospital stay, et cetera. I hope you're following this. The insurance companies are incentivized because, let's go back to the diagram, they have a collusion, and this is what happened during the 1970s. The insurance companies want the doctors, right? They want the doctors, I mean, they want this triangle to occur, right? They want the, the insurance companies, want the PBMs, the GPOs and distributors, they want to drive big hospitals. So you have, it, yes, we talk about big pharma, but what we're forgetting is the PBMs and the GPOs are the ones who are creating this middleware system right here. And that's what I wanted to share with you. This entire infrastructure has become way too complicated. And the reason it's become complicated is because the insurance companies want cost of healthcare high. So consider this, let's say you're paying an insurance company 500 bucks a month for insurance. Well, the next year they say, okay, we got to increase your premium by 10%. Now it goes to 550 bucks a month and so on. Well, why did you have to increase my premium? They'll say, well, you know, the cost of hospitalization has gone up. The cost of medicines are gone up and you go, oh my God, yes. The cost of medicine and hospitalization has gone up. I better pay my premium 50 bucks because God forbid something happens. I'm going to have to pay for a $30,000 procedure. If you go, if you, God forbid, you happen to go to an emergency room and they gave you an aspirin. If you actually could dig down, and you could see what the cost of that aspirin was. You'll find out they actually charge the insurance company like $50 when it's actually five cents. The bottom line is the costs are too high. And they're artificially high because go back to this diagram. You have all these middlemen over here. We have GPOs over here. We have PBMs over here. We have distributors. Okay. We have the equipment suppliers. We have the drug makers. Okay. And it's, it's this entire infrastructure of PBMs, GPOs, and distributors getting the, the, the supplies to the hospitals, to the, to the pharmacies, is why the costs are high. And also the costs are high because doctors, you know, right here, just going back to this, a doctor here's got a hundred K loan, right? Here they may have a 300 K loan, you know, or, you know, whatever. So by the time they come here, they can't make their money up. Plus they got, you know, insurance, right? Medical insurance. They got to do medical malpractice insurance. So all these things 
are making the doctor, the doctor is no longer dissuaded from servicing you. So we've destroyed the family practitioner, we've bloated hospitals, and you didn't probably know it, I didn't know it until I learned about this, you have these group purchasing organizations, these pharmacy benefit managers who own no assets, they don't do any discovery, they're not doing inventions, they're not even making drugs, they're just these lumps on a log who are watching the flow of money and they own contracts, okay? That's what's going on. The reason that cost of healthcare is high is these PBO, these GPMs and PBMs have bloated the cost of healthcare, okay? We've increased the cost of healthcare with middlemen, about a half a trillion dollars, okay? Half, $500 billion. No one talks about this. I brought it up in my Senate campaign. Elizabeth Warren, we put her on it. She didn't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about this because all of these guys, when you go back to this diagram, these guys are the ones that fund, they fund political campaigns, okay? These guys right here are funding political campaigns, okay? They're sending, so if you have the politician over here, right? I don't know where to put the politician, but you can imagine the, okay, if I put the, politician over here. Well, I don't even want to put them here, but the PBMs and the GPOs, well, I can put them right here. Okay. You have the politician right here. They put money into this guy. They put money here. This guy's getting dollars. Okay. The politicians and the lobbyists. So these guys make sure that you guys don't even know about this. Okay. They're servicing these people. So that's what's going on. I hope this diagram, I know it's pretty complicated, but I wanted to make it a little bit complicated, okay? So you start recognizing that we've made the cost of healthcare high. That's what it's about. And the service has gone down. You don't get personal care. So what's the solution? So that's the third part. So what I remember, I offered you three diagrams I wanted to do here. First is the way it used to be. Then is the complexity of weights become costs are high, service sucks. How do we get to low cost healthcare with high quality? So let's save this and I'll show you what that looks like, okay? Let me save this. Okay, I'm gonna clear this. All right, so what does that look like? Well, this is what that looks like. So here's you. Now imagine if you had this model, okay? You go back to promoting, we put the doctor at the center of all of this, okay? The family practitioner. Family practitioner. All right? And he's local, okay? He's local. And in this model, you give him, let's say $75 per month. And he's gonna take care of 80% of your needs, 80%, 80 to 90% of your needs. And we now also, he may refer you to the Rx, write, write a script for you. And what we do is no PBMs. Oops, let me remove this. No middlemen. 
So the cost is going to go down, right? The cost of medicine is going to go down. All right. Similarly, over here, we have the hospital. And you go here, it's only when it's a crisis. Only for crisis. And maybe on a bad day, this could be 10%, okay? Oops. 10%. And what you do is you get crisis insurance. Maximum from the research we've done, maybe this is about $125 per month. And for your total, what's your total? Your total is about 200 bucks a month, local and personalized. You take responsibility for your health and it's higher quality. So what you're looking at here is in this example right here, the 75 bucks, this is out of pocket again. You only have, as I've said here, crisis insurance, okay? There you go, okay? And the important thing here, and this is out of pocket, these are the two important things. So what, oops, I didn't share this with you, sorry guys. Let me do that again. <laughs> let me let me draw this again because I didn't do it. Let me let me do it again for everyone. We'll edit it later. So let me go again here. So this is you. And this is a happier model. Um, what we're looking at here is you have the entity back here, which is now. Uh, let's put your doctor now, as I mentioned, is at the centerpiece of this. Can, hope everyone can see that. Okay. The doctor now is here, Emily Practitioner. And he's here. You get, you give him, you're going to send him about $75 per month. And this, as I mentioned, is out of pocket, out of pocket. So this means you have to choose wisely. Choose a, a, a good doctor. You're taking personal responsibility. All right. And the other thing is the doctor now is giving you personalized care. You may get referred by him, you know, to a hospital, but this is in the rare occasion. So the hospital is over here. And this is only for in, in the times that you need to go here. This is for crisis. Crisis care. Okay. This is, by the way, this is out of pocket and this is going to be 
80% to 90% of your time. This is going to be 80% of your time, right? 80% of your ailments are going to be handled by your primary care practitioner. Here, this is going to be maybe, you know, 5% to 10%. You have to go to a hospital. In order to get this service, you get crisis insurance. And this will be about 125 bucks per month. Relative to the Rx, all right, what we want to do is here, you notice GPOs, PBMs, we get rid of these guys, okay? So what do we have here now? We have no GPOs, no PBMs. Lower costs. Personal care by MD. It's out of pocket, so there's no restrictions. The MD doesn't have to see you only for 15 minutes. The other piece is probably most important here is that you are basically gonna pay around $200 per month for everything. So personal responsibility. So that's what I wanted to share with you. So in this model here, we're looking at a much more simplified model, okay? What we're seeing here is that the individual here, the the um, the uh, the uh, you, you go choose a doctor. And by the way, this is called let me just um, this is called DPC. This is called direct primary care. D DPC. So what DPC means is you pay out of pocket, you pay about 50 to 75 bucks. There's a bunch of about 2000 doctors now nationally like this. They say, look, just pay me out of pocket. And those doctors don't have huge practices. They only take around 500 patients so the doctor can make good money, can make half a million dollars a year. He does it only to take a finite set of patients. It's not concierge medicine only for the wealthy. You, like a good mechanic, you choose a good doctor. Now, this puts responsibility on you. These DPC doctors focus on prevention. They focus on taking care of most of your health needs. I'll give you an example. A DPC doctor here, Jeff Gold, in Massachusetts, Marblehead, came to give a talk at one of the town halls that he had. He said there was a mother that called him and her son, Johnny, had hurt his head and he called, she called the doctor and she said, doctor, should I bring Johnny in or should I take him to the hospital? And he said, look, what does Johnny want to do? You know, I've known him for most of his life. And Johnny said, oh, I want Dr. Gold to uh, take care of him. You know, he had a big gash on his head. So Dr. Gold took care of him. You know, it was some medicines for maybe for, I think about a hundred bucks. He stitched him up, local anesthesia, took care of it. It was only a couple hundred bucks. If he had gone to the hospital, that same procedure would have been around $3,500, okay?
So nearly 80 to 90% of things can be handled by the local, uh, it can be handled by the local family practitioner. So in this model, people are incented to build that relationship, choose wisely, have a personal relationship. Now, God forbid you have to go to the hospital, you have crisis insurance, that's 125 bucks a month, right? And you can shop around for that. And, and there's various types. So if something happens, a doctor refers you to a hospital, you go there and get the crisis care. But again, in this model, what's happening is 80 to 90% is handled by your local practitioner. He knows your body. He's going to give you preventative because the more he does for prevention, you're not going to keep bothering him, right? So there's an incentive there. Hospitals want you to come in all the time. They want you to be sick. The direct primary care model doesn't want you to be sick. It wants you to be healthy, all right? So when you look at this whole uh, shenanigans here, right, you can see this model uh, of direct primary care, which is, by the way, not my idea. This has been an idea that people have been putting out there, but I just wanted to emphasize that the other piece here is we're getting rid of the GPOs. So what that means is we should eliminate the Safe Harbor Act that was put in in, in the late 90s and 2000. We got to get rid of the PBMs. We got to get rid of the GPOs. And if you notice, no politician even talks about them. Not one of them. I was the first one when I ran for Senate even to bring this up. They do not want to talk about this because all of these politicians, left and right, are controlled by GPOs and PBMs. All of them, Bernie Sanders, you know, um, go down the list. All the people who say they care about your health care. They're all controlled by GPOs and PBMs. So in summary, we're looking at an opportunity here. But again, none of this is going to happen unless we build a bottoms up movement. So this solution for healthcare will be, you know, updating it as a video. I'll give you actual things that you can do at the local level, what you can do to understand about DPC, what you can do to start talking to people on your local level, why we need to eliminate GPOs and PBMs. But there's an actual solution you can do. But remember, insurance companies have no incentive. They have zero incentive, okay, at all to keep the cost of healthcare low. That's really the big um, uh, point I wanted to bring out, okay? They have no incentive to keep the cost of healthcare low. They want the cost to go up, so you keep buying insurance. It's like they want you to be addicted to big insurance. And big insurance wants you to be addi addicted to big pharma and to big hospitals. They want to eliminate the local relationship. So we have to go local, just like uh, every, and by the way, all of it is being centralized, just like electronic voting machines. They want them to be centralized. They don't want paper ballots. They don't want us to count ballots locally. That's one of the solutions we're going to be talking about tonight. Everything that they do is always about centralization, centralization, centralization. So um, there you go. Let me look at any questions people got. Let's see what questions people got here. Someone said, wow, that's crazy. Doctors can save a bunch more people yet they're spending so much time ignoring people's health. Exactly. So what you have to understand is that the poor doctors in some sense, some of these doctors went into healthcare for the right reasons, but because of the regulatory model, they got a half a million dollar loan coming out of bachelor's. By the way, the other one of the other solutions that I have is we should eliminate the need to go to undergraduate school before you can be a doctor. Right away, you're gonna eliminate the loan burden. Many countries, England, Australia, India, you don't have to go to undergraduate school right after high school. You do one more year and then you choose right after that to go into, you do 11th grade, then 12th, like we have here. 
And then right then you choose whether you want to go to medical profession, engineering, you go right into medical school. It's a six year program. You save two years. Um, you're, you don't have all this debt on you. And those programs work very well, meaning you lower the burden on the family practitioner. We want more direct healers, prevention, et cetera. That's why the DPC model is so powerful. So in closing, we've understood the first model, which is the way it used to be, right? The doctor, you had a relationship with your doctor. Uh, and we haven't even talked about food, by the way. You, the cost of drugs were low. If you ever had to go to hospitalization, that too was low. With the advent of GPOs and PBMs starting in 1970, it explosively incentivized big insurance, big pharma, big hospitals, GPOs and PBMs to be the middlemen, the guys, the wizards behind the curtains, you don't even know they're there, and distributors. So they've increased the cost of hospitalization. All the stuff in that hospital is going through one of three GPOs primarily. And every time you go to CVS or Walgreens, one of three PBMs control the flow of that distribution. This is why the cost is high. So anyway, I want to also, uh, I didn't play the video in the beginning, but look, what I just shared with you is a systems approach to understanding a very complex system. It took me about six months to put all this together. But in, in the last you know 20 minutes, I've shared this with you in a very simplified way. So I want all of you to take the opportunity to understand that it's not a left or right issue. It's not Republicans or Democrats. When you draw these systems about, when you understand these relationships, you can see what the real problem is. The real problem is the costs are high, quality is low because of GPOs and PBMs. And as I mentioned, the three major insurance companies are consolidating. Each one of them is buying a BPO, GPO and a PBM, GPO and PBM. So there's going to be total consolidation. We will have total, we'll have no tr price transparency. No, right now, we don't even know how much things cost. Once that consolidation is over, no one will know. And that's what the insurance companies want. And that's what lawmakers want. They just want us to pay money. They want to increase the cost on their friends in big hospitals, big insurance, academia, all of these guys profit. This way we have to go back to a simple model. So anyway, um, tonight I have uh, to all of you listening, I do our Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior Training Program. As many of you know, I'm deeply committed to education. What I just shared with you is a systems approach. It is only a systems approach that will end a systems approach that's founded on three principles. We go bottoms up. We understand the not so obvious establishment. Obama is a not so obvious establishment. He supported big pharma. He supported big insurance. He supported big GPOs. He did this because all these guys have a monopoly, monopoly now. So those people purporting to help you on the left or right, the not so obvious establishment are the most dangerous people. They talk a good game, but then they screw you in the end. And we need to build a bottoms up movement. But most importantly, we need to understand the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Without freedom, the ability to discourse, have discussion, we're not going to be able to uncover the truth like we just did here. The consensus is, oh, yeah, we all need socialized um, health care, right? Not ever talking about true health, which is a relation between you and your healer. That's where health emerges. And when you can get to truth, you can understand what's right for the health of our body. And with health, we have the strength to fight for freedom. So I'm going to I want to encourage all of you to take a systems approach. And every week, Monday evenings, I teach it. But we've also created a platform. And I'm just going to walk you through that. Let me play the video. And I'll walk you through the platform. 
And the platform is the VA Shiva platform for truth, freedom, and health, where we offer you education. We offer you community. It's in our data center. So we're on that community. You can literally make friends with other truth, freedom, and health warriors. There's a Facebook equivalent. There's a forum. And then we give you things you can activate yourself. So let me play the video and I'll come back and I'll share that with you. But um, our goal is to have around 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors, educated people. I call them like Jedi Knights who get this, that with this foundational knowledge, they can be activated at the local level. So let me, and by the way, those of you who are interested in this, you can go to uh, vashiva.com, vashiva.com. And on vashiva.com, we have the access to, let me go here, vashiva.com. And you can see that it says, I'm building a revolutionary platform. It's an educational platform. You can contribute to it. We're, it's, it's, it's all supported by you. It's a platform for education where you can get the warrior education. You can contribute. You can also get access to your body, your system. By the way, let me just share with what the warrior education is. When people sign up for the warrior education, they get access to a set of tools. Um, you get access to a whole training package where you'll actually understand this diagram. It's about two years of MIT education, but you'll understand what is a system, what is an intelligent system. Then you'll get access to a video tools where you can learn and you can actually get certified as a truth, freedom and health warrior. Then you get access to a portal. On this portal, you can educate others by helping them understand, for example, how their body is a system. So you answer a set of questions. It figures out what kind of system you are. It understands how your body, um, you answer a different set of questions. It figures out how your body may be off course. And then you can understand how foods and supplements, et cetera, bring you back on course. You get access to three, uh, four different e-textbooks, System and Revolution, The Science of Everything, Your Body, Your System, Your System, Your Life. Then you get access to this phenomenal paper, which will show you the integration between Eastern and Western medicine. And then you get access to two scientific reports. So that's the, the warrior program, or you can just uh, become a member or a supporter. So let me play this for you. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. 
third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote-unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com. And it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, i got to build a bottoms-up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VAShiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. So anyway, the reason I wanted to do the healthcare system is typically each day I, I, I'm doing an analysis of a large system, talk about politics, and then we talk about something biological. You know, we've been covering the whole process of uh, different ingredients at a systems level and how they affect, let's say, the joint health system. Today, we're gonna actually, at uh, four or 5 p.m., I think 5.30, I'm gonna look at another ingredient called boswellia and its effect on joint health. But the reason I, I keep emphasizing that any of these problems, a healthcare uh, system, digital rights, 
you know, the electronic voting systems, um, you go uh, to medical freedom. All of these issues are interconnected. They're interconnected if you can learn the science of systems. If you, and it's the biggest sort of breakthrough that I, I guess, you know, the invention of email is a pretty big thing. Cytosol is a pretty big thing, many of the companies, but what I've created now with the Truth, Freedom and Health platform, where you can get educated, then you can get, you know, build community and get activated is the most powerful thing because there is a science of systems. And if you can understand that science, you can liberate yourself and you can act, and you can build a movement locally on any one of these issues. So what we've done, so let me show you in closing what we've done is so those of you who have the opportunity to go to vashiva.com if you want to follow, I'm going to show you what we've done here on vashiva.com. Um, let me go right here. What we have is you can go right here and you can log in once you, by the way, first you go um, into join, right? You can go to join the, let me just go here to join. In order to join, there's three different ways you can join, right? Number one way, you can just join as a member. You know, you don't have to contribute anything. It's open and you'll get access to certain tools. Some of you may want to contribute. And when you contribute $25, you get access to the textbook and you get access to the very powerful tool called Your Body, Your System. Others of you are contributing 100 or more. And in that case, you get access to the, you become a truth, freedom and health warrior. You get the training. You get a number of things that I just walked you through. But most importantly, when we log in here, we've created a dashboard for you and we keep adding more and more and more features based on your feedback. So for example, I'm logging in using someone's account here. And when we log into the tool, you get access, you're, you're in the back room in our data center, independent of big tech. So first of all, there's featured videos there, videos that, you know, that maybe YouTube doesn't want, right? There's videos on vitamin D, there's videos on, um, uh, you know, how big pharma and the whole thing, how they affect our mental health. And so you can go through this, right? There's and there's lots of videos. There are premium videos. Then there's a forum to build. Uh, by the way, before I go to that, there is the tool, Your Body, Your System, which um, supporters and warriors get where you can use this tool to really understand your body as a system. Then you can also get access to Foundations of Systems courses. They're online. And there's also a certification program. You can actually get certified as a systems health um, as a as a foundations of systems health professional, where you take the, by the way, I'm sorry, there's the certification courses. There's a whole portal here that you can use to educate others. When you go to the certification program, you get, you can register in and all of this is included in the course. So you can enter the course. So independent of listening to me, you also have the courses online that you can go take. You can take the certification exam, etc. Okay. So that's all connected into the course. Then the other piece that we have here is you get access to all the tools, the foundations of systems courses. So if you want to, every Monday evenings today, it's 7 to 10 p.m., I do the course. So uh, these courses allow you to understand the foundations of systems. You'll get a deep understanding of what is a system. You'll understand the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health, why we need to build a bottoms-up movement, and most importantly, the not-so-obvious establishment, Okay. Um, so, so that's the educational. And separate from this, we have a whole range of books. There are four major ebooks. There's an ebook, System and Revolution, which is really the textbook, which really teaches you the theory and the physics of systems. It's called System and Revolution. You understand what is a system and what is revolution. You can go through this. In, in, addi in addition, 
there's three other books that you get. Okay. The science of everything, your body, your system, etc. But learning is one thing. The other thing is we want you to engage with people. We want you to interconnect. So there are these amazing forums, again, independent of Facebook, independent of Twitter. You can log in here and you, you can literally start, you know, talking about issues. Okay. And this is done on a level that no one is going to throw you off. Okay. Obviously you want to do something illicit. Okay. But you can see these discussions, people are starting in their own, you know, what to do about voting machines. There's over 202 people conversing on that. So you can literally go see the different discussions. You can join a part of the discussion forum. And these are our truth, freedom, uh, our members, right? You don't have to be a truth, freedom and health warrior. If you decide to become a warrior, you also get access to the, uh, an equivalent of Facebook, a whole social media account here. And on this, you literally can set up your own page. You can then go look at different groups that are taking place here. And then you can become, you can go look at the other warriors that are in the group. There's lots of different members. And then you can literally set up your page. And this is really for our truth, freedom and health warriors um, globally. Okay. So please um, check this out. So that's, and then finally, the last piece is we want you to get activated. So you're learning, you're building community. For example, on the masks issue, we have created these three and a half by two inch flyers, or what I call business cards. You're welcome to print these out, right? So the front, front of it says building awareness of the risks of masks to you and your child. The back of it really has the science. So you can educate people who are on the fence. Look, you can really educate them on the oral microbiome. You can educate them on how people are experiencing more oral health issues. We can talk about, hey, if, if their employer is forcing them to wear masks, well, maybe the employer should give them more dental insurance. Or maybe parents, if they're pulling their kids out of school because of masks and the health issues, they should get tax credits. And if people want to know more, they can go to vashiva.com slash masks, where we have all the research compiled for them. Very similar to this. And people are passing out cards everywhere. So you can become activated in your local community. You can become active. And then here is the, uh, I'm sorry, let me go back to this. Over here is a vaccine card. If you want to educate people beyond the pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine dialectic, right? You can educate people on the science of it. You, it's beyond vax, anti-vax, on the importance of boosting immunity, eating well, right? Uh, telling them vaccines for all is based on an in old model of the immune system. There's a public health implications. Bottom line is this is a set of tools that everyone can use to educate others. But more importantly, what you're doing is you're energizing your community, but most importantly, you're getting educated. And our goal is we want to have around 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors everywhere. And those of you who are already warriors, you want to enter the leadership program, go to vashiva.com and uh, let us know because we're grooming a whole set of people all over the country, all over the world for that example. Anyway, I hope this helped. So just remember the healthcare is a system. And we've gone through really understanding that they've added many, many layers. And there's a lot of people in the middle who are making about a half a trillion dollars, $500 billion are being made by people just moving paper around. Meanwhile, we're not getting as good healthcare and the costs are high. The way out of it is a direct primary care model. We go back to have a direct relationship with our doctor and we uh, uh, support prevention and we eliminate the PBMs and the GPOs are increasing the cost of hospital stays plus the cost of medicine. Anyway, I hope this helped. Uh, be well. Thank you.